Bernadette Joy, and I am super pumped to be back because in this season, we are going to talk about FIRE, financial independence, relax every day. And I'm going to share with you my personal tips on how AJ and I reached early retirement in our 30s. And I'm going to bring in some special guests who are going to drop some serious knowledge on how you can speed up your journey to financial freedom. Welcome to season four of my podcast, Crush Your Money Goals. Hello, everybody. It's Bernadette Joy, and I am coming to you live from FinCon, where the uh, the muddy nerds unite. And I'm just so excited to have you guys meet my new friend. <laughs> Although we've not really been new. We're not new, I feel We're like. We're like a little over a year in of our friendship journey. It's so <laughs> wild. So I am so excited for y'all to meet Stephanie Gonzalez. She is the founder of Women's Wealth Effect. You need to follow her on Instagram. And that's actually how we met. That's right. How did we, how did that even happen? I was following you. And I think you posted something that obviously had a lot of an emotional pull in me on, on me at that time. And I'm, I'm sure I sent you this long rant in your DMs. <laughs> and I was like, please listen to me. Please see me. But you did. And you sent me a Calendly invite for like 15 minutes of your time. You're the first person that did that. And I was, you know, literally like making decisions on how I was going to make some big changes in my life. So it was, it was pretty awesome. And a year later, we're here in Orlando. Try not to cry. (laughs) I know. I'm thinking about it now too. I can't believe that's been a year ago. And I was telling my husband, AJ, that I feel like, like we already like we know each other and it was so wild to me that we're actually meeting for the first time I get to hug you for the first time today so I'm just so excited for everyone to meet her because she is my role model like I'm trying to follow her (laughs) right now and you'll understand why in just a few minutes so I would love for you to take a minute or two to introduce yourself and tell the audience who you are yeah Stephanie Gonzalez I am a mom I am a ex-career supply chain leader in technology I left my full-time job in April Um, And we were originally living in Singapore. So we like ventured out into this expat journey in 2018. Um, And we most recently moved to Portugal after we decided to take some drastic steps to move forward in our early retirement phase. So while we're partial fire, we, um, you know, are really fortunate to be in Portugal now. I have two little kids. And so it's been a huge transition since April. I think we've been in Portugal now for two months after traveling a little bit across the world, but I'm still pinching myself that that's reality. Um, But along the way, like last August, while I was on maternity leave, I started Women's Wealth Effect, um, primarily because my husband and I were learning a ton on our fire journey. And I I was seeing, obviously, my journey in my own skin and my experience, but I was looking around in the corporate environment and recognizing that a lot of women were working really, really hard and trying to figure everything out with no roadmap, you know, no mentorship in the space of personal finance. I mean, maybe in their career specifically in their company. Yeah. But once I got my financial plan together, I got so much clarity, so much peace, so much more confidence in what I wanted for myself personally. And a lot of the things that I was letting define me felt fell away and really allowed me to just move forward as my best self. So I never thought I would be here in this space. Like you would have asked me a year ago, two years ago, um, there's a very different woman in the mirror than than was there before. All right. Now I'm going to cry <laughs> on that story because so much of that resonates with a lot of people that I talk to of being a woman mm-hmm. in corporate, particularly mm-hmm. being a woman of color and having no roadmap yeah. and sometimes having guides who do or do not understand, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the different challenges 
of, you know, corporate life when it wasn't really built for yes, us. Yeah. Right. And so I commend you on that. And y'all, for, for those of you who are listening right now, the reason I say that she is my role model is because I've been starting to tell people like my dream is to move abroad and she's been claim doing it. it. She's been doing <laughs> it. And so I would love for you to tell people a little bit more about what the experience has been like as mm. an expat, especially during this kind of like sure. crazy time in history. Absolutely. Well, it was like crazy times too. You know, I had the opportunity to move as an expat with my old company to Singapore. And so that's why we were there in the first place. And it was a tremendous opportunity. I had, you know, one of my old leaders like pull me aside and say like, this is an opportunity for you to build like a, a pretty good amount of wealth for your family. And he said it kind of in passing, but um, lo and behold, he actually retired early too. And he was kind of in the same position I was in a few, few years earlier. So I was really glad that he at least seeded that idea with me. Um, but COVID had happened. We weren't going anywhere. Like we were stuck in Singapore and the best location to travel and we couldn't travel anywhere. We couldn't, oh, you know, spend yeah. this money, which, you know, um, was, was a good and a bad thing. But in 2020, my husband and I read quit like a millionaire together. That was like the Christmas gift my husband had asked me to do with him. And he had been seeding me our rich journey for years. And so once we had read that and I finally got a good sense of what fire was, I was like, oh my gosh, we are sitting on this tremendous opportunity to take advantage of all these benefits that I have as an expat, mm -hmm. whether it was the pay, the health benefits. We had both of our kids overseas. I took my maternity leave both times. Like I'm probably the only woman that has taken an expat assignment at this company and took real advantage of it from that perspective. Good. But it was really part of the plan mm -hmm. because once I had an idea of how I wanted to use these things as tools, um, I was really able to catapult it our, the progress around our, our finance journey. But as an expat in Singapore, it was really awesome in the sense that the community that you built there is like, it's, it's just amazing. Like the friends that I made in Singapore, we can't wait to see each other again. Mm -hmm. And I've already seen a couple of people in Europe in the two months that I've been there no because other people have moved as well to other places in Europe. And so wow. when you meet people in the expat community, I think what you find is that obviously a lot of like-minded people, but you'll find them across the world and across your entire life, you know, for the remainder of your lifetime. So that's really, really awesome. Um, the decision to move to Portugal was there are so many things about Singapore, the safety, the healthcare system, the rich culture, the food, all those things, not the expense for sure. It's a lower cost of living. I won't say the lowest cost of living. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that's incredibly clear about Portugal. I think you have to be really mindful about the lifestyle that you want to live, lead, excuse me, and, and what you really want in Portugal, but it's a lower cost of living. Mm -hmm. um, and we have two little boys, right? That we were really excited to have them learn another language and, and all that good stuff. But um, the amount of, the number of people that I've met that have really unique experiences that are very excited about being expats and want to continue to be, it's the community that has been everything for me as an expat. I'm like getting goosebumps yeah. right now because that to me is so exciting. I never actually thought of expats being a community because yeah. I'm not an expat yet yeah, yeah. <laughs> manifesting that, but thinking of it as a community, but that community is all over the world. Yeah. It just sounds so amazing. And one of the things that has become really interesting and clear for me, especially in the last two years, um, is trying to surround myself with people who have broader global views and Absolutely. not just what it's like in America yeah. versus, you know, what it's like in other places. And I love that you mentioned the point of, 
you know, Portugal is not the lowest cost mm-hmm. of living because mm-hmm. uh, AJ and I have discussed, oh, maybe we might move to the Philippines because we're both yeah. Filipino-American yeah. and Philipp- the Philippines is one of the lower yeah. costs of living. And Portugal seemed like a really great option because it was lower. Like you mm-hmm. said, it was more affordable, but it had all this other kind of rich culture mm-hmm. close by, whereas like the Philippines is literally islands you know so the history element about portugal is just like blowing my mind every day like walking down the cobblestone streets i see your it's nuts i see your stuff on instagram i'm like you look like you live in a dream like it looks like (laughs) you live in like there's like the little roads and and like all of the the culture because especially when that's one of the things i've i miss and i crave is um in charlotte like charlotte is a fairly new comparatively right city Mm -hmm. so everything is like boxes and then i see you know the things in portugal it's like you know things that look like castles and just it's so beautiful and the history like you said i i think that maybe 10 years ago i probably wouldn't have been in the position with the hustle and all this thing all the things i was like focused on in life to actually appreciate and take time for that and it seems like you and your husband are doing that right now and i think that's so inspirational yeah being in a space that was that allowed us to be creative and and feed off of the environment to be creative was was a big consideration for us so yeah um best decision so far. I love it. Yeah. Well, so since you are one of my woman crushes, <laughs> I like to throw out my crush questions sure. and interpret them however, you know, feels good awesome. for you. And so we're going to walk through the five uh, steps of crush and you let us know and let the audience know, you know, some good tips on how they might be de- able to do some of the things that you've done. Okay. Yeah. So the first, um, the first tip is uh, C and crush, and it's clearing the mental clutter. And I have to say, you've done so many things that I hear a lot of people being afraid to do, like mm-hmm. even just move their jobs, even if it's within the same company, let alone move abroad, move yeah. abroad with a husband and two kids, and then move to another country after that. So what's one piece of mental clutter that you have had to clear in the in this journeys? Yeah. Um, I, like I mentioned, we got to Singapore because of my job. But I really had to get out of this concept of that job defining who Stephanie was mm. um, and, and literally just running every element of my life. And once like, I'm, you know, with the financial plan that we had put together and being able to regain that confidence and clarity that that job was now a tool, that was, I think, the big hurdle that I had to get over. Um, I literally deprioritized everything, my family, my husband, my kids if, if this company called, right. And I look back at that and I'm like, how in the world was, were, was I to that point? Um, but that was a huge hurdle. I think the second thing, cause I think it's important for women who are in this position that are contemplating having families or have kids. Um, I really had to get over the hurdle of not having my family close while I had small children. And even this concept of like robbing my parents, my kids' grandparents of having their grandchildren mm-hmm. around. Um, and, you know, while I still think about that, and I really miss my family and COVID really exacerbated that. Uh, and I think, you know, that's why I crave it even more now because I've not been able to see family as much as I want to now. That's part of our fire plan. Like that's part of our budget is a travel budget that's lucrative enough that gives us, you know, a comfortable set of means to be able to go back home whenever we want to as a family of four or fly my mom out, fly my dad out, fly, you know, somebody as part of my family out to where we are because we want them to experience those things. Our parents didn't get to experience those, experience those things because they were working super hard. Mm-hmm. So um, I think getting comfortable with that, but again, you know, just surrounding yourself with a community to make it happen. 
I love that. I love that so much. And that's a great lead in into the R and crush, which mm-hmm. is reverse into one goal. Mm-hmm. So what is a goal on your journey or milestone that you've had that you look back on and you're really proud of? Yeah. Yeah. I think the goals piece is like you set the goal and set it, set it to be a little aspirational, like get some skin in the game. That makes it challenging. It makes it fun. My personality leans to that really well. But in 2021, when we were like in our first active investing year, because I'll be very honest, I was a saver up until we really figured fire out. Mm-hmm. But in 2021, we you know looked at our numbers and we were like, we are going to invest $200,000 throughout the course of the year. And as we set the goal and we were like, okay, this is how it'll fit. And this is how we'll, we'll make it happen. We were pouring everything even on top of what we could have invested on in, into that goal. And we ended up investing $350,000 in 2021, wow. right? So, I mean, it was a compilation of our rental income back in Texas. It, we were pouring every bit of my husband's business income into our investments, everything on top of what we didn't spend, of course. Um, and we were living in the third most expensive city in the world. And so we just had to make some cognitive, cognitive like there were some real cognizant choices, but um we weren't depriving ourselves along the way either. Like mm-hmm. we really did enjoy our time while we were there. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. You're just like cruising through your crush because that was a perfect segue into you use your mm-hmm. assets. And I love that you said we're not depriving ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're using assets and you, I, I'm like repeating it because I'm like, people need to hear this. You invested $350,000 in a year, which, you know, to be fair, a lot of people will be like, oh my gosh, I'm not there yet. By the way, start where you are. Absolutely. Right. Um, but using your asset, you talked a little bit more about investing. And so I'd love to hear your perspective on how did you decide where to invest the 350K? Yeah, we are very much, uh, well, let me say this. We started off our journey as being the tried and true indexed index fund investors. Mm-hmm. We are primarily invested in the S&P 500 and the total US stock market. But, and you and I have talked about this a little bit. We're really starting to take a look at how do we look at our total fire number and diversify the way that we're investing within that number as well, mm-hmm. right? So we we have plans to invest in property in Portugal in the next year or two, and we're really going to look at the dividend investing route as well, um, because I, I I keep having this heartburn about relying on this emergency fund and not being able to like refill it, right? Yes. And so that's that's part of the strategy that we're really going to start taking a look at. Oh my gosh, girl. Well, we'll trade notes on this yes. because <laughs> AJ and I just started doing the dividend investing part of it because. I sat there one day and I was just like, okay. And you probably have a similar kind of thought. It's like, we are, we, our net worth is, you know, million Mm -hmm. at this point. And it's like, but I still feel like I can't take money out of it. Like, and why am I still feeling like I have to produce income? Something is not right here. Right. And so it doesn't change at 1.4 either. Let me just (laughs) (laughs) like, okay. Yeah. I got, I totally get it. I know. Right. And so, you know, one of those things that I love that you advocate on your platform and we have a lot of alignment on that is, you know, start off where there, it makes sense and it's obvious and by obvious, I mean, you're kind of the traditional route investing. You feel comfortable. You have to feel comfortable to start. Yeah. Absolutely. And then build the muscle, you know, build the muscle to start going, then go into other things. And so, uh, you mentioned that you're a saver. Oh, I yes, I'm a spender. <laughs> and my husband is a, is a saver in it. And one of the things that we had to tackle was uh, the S and crush, which is spending shamelessly. Uh, yeah. So I'd love to hear your perspective on what is spending shamelessly. What is that? What has that looked like for you and your family? Yeah. Um, we when we were in Singapore, is very common to have full time help, and. I didn't grow up that way. Like I didn't grow up. My grandma was 
there picking us up every single day after school. And it was very much a family thing. And I was almost scared slash ashamed to tell my mom that we were going to hire full-time help. And, you know, while I did, I think she even had to kind of, um, warm up to the idea. And she visited a couple of times and was like, okay, this is new. This is interesting. But I think when she realized how much I needed this system of operations around me to be successful, um, because I was working 60 hour weeks at the time. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be able to just be present with whoever it was in my family, whenever I wasn't in my office at home, but it was the best decision because my boys got the best care ever. I had a ton of peace of mind that while I was focused at work that they were taking care of. My husband and I got to spend a ton of time together while we were in Singapore. Like we could just like go watch a movie, go get a massage, do whatever we wanted any night of the week. Mm-hmm. We were severely disillusioned because now that we're in Portugal, we don't have this. It's it's very different, but we did hire a nanny when we got to Portugal because we, we value that time together mm-hmm. and we want that time together. We didn't go off and reach this level of freedom to not be able to enjoy each other's time. Mm-hmm. Right. That was the one thing that we, we, we allocate money to childcare because I'm not a stay at home mom <laughs> and I, and I love my babies, but I, I need that time for myself. And I know that about myself and I have no shame in saying that. More women need to hear Absolutely. that. And it's been interesting for me because I, you know, I'm very vocal about the fact that I didn't choose to have kids. And what, what's funny is like a lot of my friends who have kids, like I'm the girlfriend that they're like. I love my kids, but making me crazy. And I'm like, ain't no judgment here. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I appreciate the fact that you're, you're saying that as a mom, because yeah. more moms I know need to need to hear that message. And I think the, the last part of crush, I'm very interested to hear from the perspective of being, I, I view you, you guys as power, as a power couple, right? Thank you. And so y'all are hustling smart mm-hmm. and not hard and working mm-hmm. towards that. And, you know, coming from, like you said, the 60 hour work weeks and yeah. now figuring out ways to make money that's different from that. I would love to hear your perspective on how that journey has been for, for you in moving from that, that hustle hard culture yeah. to now hustling smart. Yeah. I am five months into the removing myself from the full out hustle culture. So it's definitely a work in progress. I've had to really just sit and think about, okay, what is this for? What do I want it to be? And if it turned into this, like, would I be okay with it? Cause I know myself, like I will, I will make shit happen. Mm-hmm. I will work to make, and I, and I love what I do. Right. So I think the passion in it in itself is going to lend itself to great things, great things for women, all that great stuff. But I'm setting boundaries in the sense that I am in a different time zone. And I know that I can only speak to clients in the U S in their morning time. And that I just have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like, and I can't go, oh, well, I'll just take this call at 10 or I'll take this call at 11 because it's convenient for so-and-so. Like, yes, I could, but I'm not going to, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of women, yourself and others included that can help, you know, my community of women, if, if my time frame does not work for them and that's mm-hmm. okay. I have to be okay with that. You know, you mentioned to me in, in a message of, of a couple of weeks ago, no Fridays, no work. Right. And I was like, that was a great idea. I need to implement this like now. So I, I do that as well. But um, I only work between the hours of 10 and four if, you know, it, and th- that's where I set time. Um, but I don't fill it either. Like, I, I think I was originally approaching like that 10 to four time frame had to have something on the calendar every single day. And I'm like, hold on a second. I, I it doesn't need to be that way. As long as I, you know, create my list of what I want to accomplish this week, 
take it by half and accomplish that because I'm a very aspirational list maker. That's kind of the approach I'm taking right now. I love it. And it's a, it's going to be a work in progress. Absolutely. And I'm actually looking forward to a year from now. Let's like have a date where we yeah. listen back to this episode. That would be awesome. And we're going to be like, remember when you were just like <laughs> still making all those lists and yeah. now you're yeah. doing something different. I just, I love that so much. And so um, last thought here okay. is, uh, you know, financial independence. This is what that season, this season is all about mm-hmm. and how to pursue that. What is, if you could go back to Stephanie mm-hmm. before she knew what financial independence was and, mm-hmm. and give her some advice back then to say, you know, you can do this. What would you tell oh my your, your past self? You know, actually I, I do know one thing. I really gave myself a hard time and like when I was 26, 27, and uh, I was thinking about buying a house and everybody else was doing it. And it was like the thing that you need, it was, it was the dream. It was what you needed to do. And there were so many things about it that I just wasn't either comfortable with or just didn't know. And I did, I didn't do it. I didn't move forward with it, but five, you know, six, like six years later, whenever my husband and I did buy our first house. I was like, I should have done this so much earlier. And I was really bummed about it. I was like, I totally just like let this opportunity go. And there's other, there's a lot of other things, right? Cars that we bought that we shouldn't have bought or whatever. But I think it was just give myself some grace along the way because, you know, you live life once and we can sit there and bitch about it and cry moan and, and crying is a good thing. Do it, do what you need to do oh, to get yeah. over it for sure. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I've cried more in the last year than I probably have in the last 10, but it's because I'm giving myself space to do it too. Right. I was a, kind of a robot before, but yeah, I think it's just giving yourself grace and, and, and celebrating the fact that you learned something, right? Like mm-hmm. I will forever be learning. Um, you know, I'm in this phase right now of my life and I'm loving it, but 10 years from now, it can look very different. And I hope that it does because that, that means I'm growing and I'm learning. I think that's a great note to leave this episode on. Give yourself some grace, learn and understand that you are still growing. And so if you're feeling like you're stuck somewhere, uh, if you're doing something hard, it's probably because you are growing just like all of these that you've done. So I'm so, I'm so (laughs) grateful for this conversation. Thanks for getting up early. Oh my gosh. Yes. And so if people want to follow you, how can they find you? Yeah. You can follow me on Instagram at women's wealth effect. I'm also on LinkedIn under my personal name, Stephanie Gonzalez. I plan on launching a podcast by the end of the year this year. So I'm very excited about that. And just to be really clear and honest, you know, as being someone in this space that's focused on clients in the U.S., but I live in another country, I want to stay really connected with others in this community and, you know, people that have a story to tell about, you know, their career journeys, their journey to financial independence. And so this is a way for me to use, you know, a real tool and a platform to stay connected and build that community with a, you know, different level of purpose. So I'm really excited about that part. Oh my gosh. That makes me so happy because we need more of that content. And so thank you so much for being here. Thank you to all of you who are listening to today's episode and stay tuned for more great interviews like we had with Stephanie today. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening today. Please be sure to leave me a review and let me know what you learned. And for daily money tips, follow me on Instagram at Bernadette Joy. But if you're ready to plan your escape to financial independence with me as your personal finance millionaire coach, head to my website at crushyourmoneygoals.com. See you next time.